So I thought that it might be useful for me to look at the uh, language experience approach with you, uh, which I'm going to abbreviate as LEA, and then uh, introduce uh, sentence strips and uh, refer it back to the literacy model so you have some idea of how this, uh, this works. And so let me, uh, let me go ahead and do that. Um, I found this uh, piece of data in uh, one of our students' uh, fellow classmates' uh, entries, and it's really, really interesting. And, and let me describe how this, could be, how this could be generated, and I would recommend doing this activity in LEA on a daily uh, basis. Uh, but I just want to look at this uh, sentence uh, first. So maybe the student was prompted to tell a, a story about uh, his family, apparently. His name is Eric here, and you'll notice that Eric can spell his name. But let me focus on a couple of elements that, uh, that I see in this uh, in the sentence. First of all, if the child were trying to write, uh, my family lives in Sacramento, we can learn a lot about the uh, child's uh, present level of development. Uh, first of all, just from that uh, substitution, which is what I believe that is, uh, substituting I for my, uh, essentially what he's doing is spelling what he, what he sounds out, what he thinks he hears. He's still really in uh, his own mind, if we were to look at this as what we call hypothesis testing. When he is testing hypotheses, his first instinct is to go with what he believes is correct. And so he isn't aware that there's a difference between the sight word I and the sight word my. So he's going with what he believes is correct. So that's an indication that uh, he needs some sight word uh, work. Uh, if we look at the spelling for family, this is really, really interesting because it, it reveals something about the spelling stages. I probably have not covered the spelling stages with you yet, uh, or maybe I have, in which case this is either a preview or a re review, but it'll work either way. Uh, there are these uh, defined stages that uh, we uh, denote uh, as being prephonetic. If you want to know what the prephonetic spelling stage is, it's really simple. It's where a child will simply scribble uh, what uh, he uh, or she uh, is, is, is attempting to write. Like if I'm going to say, for example, uh, spell your name, uh, Chris, and then I just draw my a little happy face like this. Well, that's very very uh, entry-level uh, prephonetic spelling. This would be the earliest. Uh, maybe a drawing's a little later, but when the scribblings become like this, maybe the child is just drawing some random symbols. Uh, this tells us that this is a much later prephonetic spelling stage uh, for this reason. Uh, there's some symbols that go along with what uh, the child has, has scribbled. Uh, the phonetic spelling stage, this right here is clearly the phonetic, oh, yeah, the, is the phonetic stage, and it's a late phonetic stage. I'll show you that in, in a moment. Uh, transitional is something else. This would be like if a child were trying to spell, uh, well, let me give you an example all the way across of each of these. Uh, the prephonetic spelling stage, again, is the scribble stage, and so if the, the child is just uh, sort of drawing random symbols, uh, as uh, the child's trying to spell bread, for example. Let's say the conventional spelling we're after is uh, bread. I'll do this as best I can with my mouse, but I'm not much better with chalk, as all of you know, or chalk. <laughs> I'm, from the, I'm from the 20th century, remember. And let's say that the uh, child uh, is trying to spell bread but just draws you symbols or draws you a picture of bread. That's pre-phonetic. A phonetic spelling for bread would be this. Very early would just be an initial sound or a final sound. But a late phonetic spelling is like what you see here. It's all the dominant sounds, like B-R-D, for example. 
uh, that is what we would uh, consider to be uh, phonetic. A transitional spelling would be uh, what should be the spelling of bread, by the way. B-R-E-D, this would be like early transitional because we're accounting for all of the sounds in it. Or if the child wrote uh, B-R-A-D-E, this would be considered late uh, transitional spelling, and it's actually better because at least the child is accounting for a silent E. Uh, but anyway, uh, the conventional spelling, of course, is the uh, is the correct spelling. Now, in this case uh, of this child that we're looking at here, this I would term as being the late phonetic spe spelling stage because we have uh, not just initial or final consonants, but we have really all the dominant sounds that one hears. And so this is actually pretty good. Uh, all of it's pretty good because uh, we're learning a lot about what's going on. Uh, even with the spacing, look at the spacing between I space, family space, live. So the students got sentence concepts, pretty good sentence concepts. Now, I don't see a period at the end of the sentence, but I do see uh, accurate spacing. There's random capitalization ha going on in here, but uh, this child knows a lot. Now, how this was achieved, was it achieved with scaffolds or off the top of his head is another matter, uh, but we have an idea of what's going on in here. Let's look at live now. Uh, the sentence, I presume, is supposed to be, uh, my family lives in Sacramento. So now notice what we have. This returns to the implicational hierarchy. And I mentioned that before. And remember that the implicational hierarchy is where you have the plurals first, followed by possessives. And the last thing is the third singular S on verbs. This is a verb. It would require the third singular S, and it is missing. So this means that the student is uh, lacking in inflectional suffixes. That'd be the technical term uh, for it. And there would be activities that you would want to do to help the student acquire a third singular S. But I wouldn't bother with it unless the student is producing the possessive S. And I would test for that. I would um, have some method of, of having the student indicate whether uh, he or she uh, or she or he uh, actually has a, a secure uh, third singular S. And that's how you term things, that uh, when the student knows something, we call it con uh, secure. Now, so we do have what it looks like to be an attempt at a uh, at a Sacramento, uh, and it is mostly correct. It is mostly conventional. We do have, for uh, for example, um, a letter reversal, it looks like, in that uh, in that word. And uh, in Sacramento, for example, we see that, the, that we have a letter reversal for the capital. And it's not just reversed once, it's reversed twice, if you, if you can see that. And so um, I would be confident in saying that the student does have uh, a, an issue with, uh, uh, well, it looks like it's correct once and then it's, uh, or incorrect once and then correct uh, here. So maybe this was a, a hedge, you know, because we do have the, the correct uh, sight word in, uh, which is good. And in that, uh, that sight word in, we can say that that uh, letter N is secure. Uh, but I would also pay attention to the, the fact that we do have a correct lowercase N here, uh, a correct capital N here, and then we have sort of a, where I'm not sure what's going on there. So I'm not sure, so sure how secure N really is. Uh, I would want to want to check that. Uh, so notice that there's no end punctuation here uh, too. So there's a lot of things going on in this very simple piece of writing that uh, we can talk about. 
the things that I would want to uh, go after first would be uh, just getting these uh, these sight words secure, for example, and uh, some of the other conventional things that we uh, we would want to see, like not writing I for my, for example, and hearing all of the sounds in family. And so that's what LEAs are for. This is called language experience. You take, and, and what language experience means is that you take the child's language, have the child write down the language, and then you later will analyze it for things. But uh, what you do as an activity in language experience is you get a strip of paper and you write down with the child the correct way to write out the sentence. And so this would likely be my family lives in Sacramento, period. Uh, for added fun, you could even have the, the child draw his family living in Sacramento or her family living in Sacramento or uh, you know, have her avoid doing so if it's uh, too tedious, or maybe it'll be a good reward. I, I don't know. Uh, but in this case, it is Eric. Uh, so Eric's family lives in Sacramento. So you write it on sentence strips, and then you cut up the strips into individual pieces. And then what you do with those individual pieces, if I can show you here on, uh, on this screen, is you'll mix them up. You'll take all of the letters and you'll mix them up like this, including the ed and punctuation. And what Eric's job is to do then is to organize the sentence uh, into uh, its, a, its correct uh, um, uh, order and then read it to you. And the idea is that if he gets this wrong, let the child read it. Uh, and then ask questions. You begin to ask metacognitive questions, like, does that sound right? My family lives Sacramento in? And then you have the student rearrange them like this. Or you can do things like you jumble it up and read it to the student like, uh, like this and, and, and begin to ask the student to put it in order. And then the next thing that you can do with these things is begin to introduce other uh, sight words and other verb conjugations without actually you know, putting the student through the uh, pain of, uh, uh, you know, doing worksheets and things like that for a living. You know, the child could be doing something else. And so you could begin to introduce some other uh, words in here, like, uh, well, what if we wanted to change this to I uh, instead? And then have him read it, I family lives in Sacramento. Does that sound right? Does that look right? And hopefully the uh, the child will say uh, no, or you begin to introduce sentences like this, I live in Sacramento, so that the student can see the visual difference between what happens when you have uh, my family lives in Sacramento uh, versus I live in Sacramento. And so remember, we're, we're going after acquisition. So providing this input at the student's level. Remember how we were talking about crashing not long ago uh, in the input hypothesis in I plus one. Uh, this is where we, at, where we are. You start with the student's present level and then try to move the learner to the next level. I wouldn't introduce the I live portion in the context of this sentence. I would make sure that every one of these words was secure first and then I would continue to, uh, to teach. Uh, and introduce more complicated things later on. Uh, you also save all of these little letter cards because 
not only can you do things like mix and match them for sentences, but as the vocabulary goes, grows that you see in writing, this pile of letters will grow and you can make many more sentences out of it, or you can do uh, uh, sorts. And let me introduce the um, concept of a, uh, of, a, of, of a sort. Like, it could be that uh, you'll be having the student, um, uh, I'm trying to look for something that would indicate a, like a, a, a plus sign or a negative sign, but I'm not seeing it. Oh, I guess I could use this. Like, let's say that these, this is the wrong pile here. And then let's say that we have uh, the uh, right pile, the correct pile will be this one. So you sort, you have the child sort. If the child looks at this card and can't get it or says me, then that goes in the nope, that's wrong. If the child looks at this and says live or even live, depending on uh, which, I try to elicit both to make sure that if the child says live, well, then you say, okay, what else could it be? Oh, it could be live. Well, then you know what the child's got that secure. If the child says family, good. If the child says any anything other than Sacramento, it goes here. If the child says live instead of lives or lives, make sure that both are secure. And then N maybe is uh, is secure too, and so is I. So you could do these things, and, and then that means that you need to do more work on these words right here, a sight word and others. Uh, and the, the, the punctuation I would simply reserve for... Um, working on uh, on sentence combinations. When the child gets more proficient, you can have the child rewrite these sentences to see if if uh, anything is, is uh, secure in encoding. Because again, this would be decoding and then reading uh, for comprehension. Uh, but also metacognition, as you're asking, does that sound right? Does that look right, etc. Okay, well, let me go on to back to our uh, my fascinating little slideshow here and go to this part. So LEAs and sentence strips, the, the thing you can do with them is have the student write a story every day. And uh, this is for practice. Uh, this is also for other things that I'll show you in the literacy model. Uh, but what you're practicing is, is both encoding, which is writing, and decoding, which is uh, decoding each word, the sight words and the uh, decodable words in, in a sentence. In a sentence that they write, again, start with where the learner is and then begin to move ahead. That's the I plus one. You write the word cards correctly on a strip of paper or on index cards, or you can have the student do it as you dictate. Uh, and you can even dictate the letters and let the child make mistakes. That's fine because that tells you where the child is at. And we're not trying to frustrate the student. What frustrates students most is when they are trying and then they keep getting corrected over and over again. Do you correct them? Of course you do, but let them express first. Uh, read the corrected sentence that you've uh, written uh, to the child and with the child and the child by, uh, by herself. Uh, they can finger point, finger point, and then take the finger pointing away because we don't read with our reading finger when we're proficient readers. We do that only in the beginning. Uh, having the student mix the sentence up or you do it and have the student reorder it and read it aloud is a great activity. Once everything's secure, then you can begin to introduce things like I live in Sacramento, we live in Sacramento, he lives in Sacramento, and uh, having students um, draw that uh, out, uh, you know, is a for a picture book. I'm create their own picture book with these sentences in it that, that they wrote is not a, not a bad idea. Um, I would also compile the writings, as I said, maybe into a little storybook uh, or 
collect the words in a in an envelope or or maintain them in some way maybe in a little box so that you can practice word recognition sorts uh, and simple word recognition and creating and reading new sentences with the secure words. Um, again, you start with where the child is and you, you move forward. Um, these activities I think should take about, oh, it's gonna depend, maybe five minutes, 10 minutes, something like that. Uh, but if I just may show you where on the reading model we are, um, let me just give you an, give you an idea. You're really working on sentence concepts with this, but you're, heading, you're hitting a number of areas. Uh, when you're looking at whether the, the student has directionality, whether they can read right to left, and, and, and so forth, this is really important. Also, word concepts. Those are the boundaries between the words. Remember the child wrote, I family uh, live uh, in Sacramento, and everything was spelled correctly. Yeah, I didn't mean that. Everything was spaced correctly, pardon me. Uh, the spacing between those words means that the child has good sentence concepts and good word concepts. But what about upper and lowercase letter names? Well, in encoding, when the child's writing, there was a lot of random encoding that was going on in there, right? Uh, we saw the, some mix of capital letters and, and lowercase letters where they shouldn't be. Uh, the student here, in this case, did have some one regular sight word that... Uh, that Eric, he could write, uh, but there were uh, certainly, uh, you know, he's in the letter sound correspondence stage for some of these things like writing out family. Uh, we are getting close to being able to write all the words, but you know, he's really in this area right here of the model. And again, this is diagnostic, and this is why I'm trying to teach this to you. I think that if we were talking about phonemic awareness, the awareness of sounds, he's substituting I for my at this point. So he's really in the beginning stages of identifying sounds. Uh, another thing that we're attempting to do uh, in this model is not just work on you know very isolated things like letter recognition and, and so forth. You, you're trying to teach within context, like, I, like I'd mentioned. And uh, by context, uh, what I mean is this, that uh, we're trying to teach the students some fluency here, being able to read the sentence correctly and read with the finger and then read by themselves and then mix up the sentence, put it together with correct punctuation. We're really pushing uh, letter uh, and word and, uh, and sentence concepts here, but we're also trying to get the student to become a fluent decoder. Uh, so I got all of this out of a simple piece of writing, this right here. I learned a lot about where the student is at. I have a really good idea of where uh, to begin instruction. And I can even look at a literacy model and give you a map of all kinds of areas that the student uh, needs, needs uh, help. Uh, you know, just look at the letter reversals or the, 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 the letter N that was not secure. Um, just from a simple piece of data like this, I know quite a bit about what the student can and cannot do. And now, so do you.